Well, I'm glad you guys are here. If you don't know, my name's Matt Wolf. I'm the lead pastor here, and I do want to get to know you. That's why we have that new form at arisedenver.com slash connect. Fill that out. We get $5 to Denver Rescue Mission, and I just want to get to know you and hear your story. So please fill that out. I would love to connect with you. Um, we are in the sixth week now of our Flipping Tables series, where we're looking at this last week of Jesus, where he really flipped not only tables, but the world upside down. And we're seeing him do that um, every single week as we're looking at these passages, and we're actually going to finish it up next week, and then in our place, our, our next series is going to start in two weeks. So make sure you're here for both those, okay? You've got to be here for the finale, right? You can't miss the finale of the series, yeah, and you've got to invite your friends for that. And then the next week's like, we've got to invite you guys back for another series, right? So it's going to be really good. Um, but today, the message I'm calling is giving is greater than getting. Giving is greater than getting. Um, and, and I think that becomes so clear. I re- do remember the first time I went to Ukraine, and I remember this all. I was thinking back through my time there. So my parents went to Ukraine every summer. So my dad worked for a missions organization that helped support churches and local pastors and missionaries there in Ukraine for a decade. And then even a decade after that, they, they're still going over. My parents are still planning to go to Romania this summer again. So I remember when I went in 2004 for the first time, uh, it was my older brother and I, we went, and we kind of had to split up because people there live in very tiny apartments. They're flats. They don't have much space. They don't have much of anything. And we were in this flat, and so it was my older brother and I. We were both teenagers, and they put us with this woman who was an elderly widow. She had next to nothing, and she knew no English, so it was kind of tricky because I knew, like, privit, that's it, hello in, in Ukrainian. I knew, I knew that word, and that was it. I knew no Ukrainian. And she knew no English, but she opened up her home to us. And though she didn't have much, she, she let us stay. And she, this tiny apartment, she moved the furniture around so we could have this little cot and we could sleep on it. But I remember so much waking up the next morning. And she didn't know any English, so she had just put out the breakfast for us. And it was a spread. I mean, you should have seen this breakfast. There was bread, there was fruit, there was tomatoes. Yes, they ate tomatoes for breakfast there. It was, there was juice. There was water, and it was like she had crushed the cherries herself to make this cherry compote. It was, I mean, it was good. There was this little sliced fish that was raw, which, I don't know, that's like not my thing, but I guess it's a Ukrainian thing. But it was an amazing spread that she put out for us. And we ate it, we even like took a couple bites of that raw fish with the skin on it. Okay, okay, I guess it's what you eat. And and she was just like so happy to see us eating this. And, And I found out later that this woman has next to nothing. This woman is poor. She's a widow living at the time in, in a still a post-Soviet world, she has hardly anything, and she'd probably saved up weeks, maybe months, to be able to put that spread before us for breakfast. And it's such an honoring feeling for, for someone to do that, to honor us in that way, these, these two guests that she didn't, hadn't met before, but she just wanted to honor us. And I was amazed at her generosity. Because someone like that we can look at and say, wow, that is a generous person. I want to be like that. Because here's the thing. Giving is greater than getting. And to be a generous person is what God desires for each one of us. If you were here last week, you know we talked about money last week, didn't we? Some of you are like, oh my gosh, money again? I get it, right? But here's the thing. We're talking about money again because Jesus is talking about money again. And secondly is it's for you. It's not about what we want from you, but what we want for you. And I just want you to hear that clearly. I want you to become the generous person that God has created you to be. 
Because giving is so much greater than getting. And that's what I want to see developed in you, and that's what Jesus wants to see developed in you as well. So this series, Flipping Tables, it's all about how Jesus flipped the world upside down. This is really when he came out as the king. He's teaching in the temple every single day. He's flipping everything upside down, and of course he's going to flip over our view of money because we uh, put money way up here, don't we? Don't touch my money. Don't talk about money, pastor, okay? Should have stayed home this week. Some of you are online like, oh, maybe I'll wait till next week to stream the service, okay? No, this is for you because giving is greater than getting. So we are going to be in Luke chapter 20. At the very end of this chapter, we're going to finish it up and start chapter 21 today. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 20, verse 45. And we're going to drop in here at the end of this section. I guess he's going to teach some more next week. But Jesus has really just silenced all his critics who've come after him again and again and again. And then in verse 45... We read this, and if you have the YouVersion Bible app, you can find our uh, event under more than events. Find a Rice Church Denver, find the scripture there. Verse 45, it says that while all the people were listening, so Jesus is teaching this crowd at the temple, all these people are coming to hear Jesus teach. He's teaching all of them, but he turns, and it says, Jesus said to his disciples. So everybody gets to hear this message, but this is for you followers, So Jesus is saying. So if you're here and you're not a believer or you're on the fence, you're like, I don't know. You get to sit back and just listen. Yeah, isn't that nice? Okay, that sounds good. If you're online, you can watch. You can find out what Jesus expects of his followers, his disciples. But this is for his disciples. And we're all about helping people follow Jesus here. So this is for anybody who's interested in following Jesus. This is what Jesus expects of us when it comes to getting into giving. So he says this in verse 46. Beware of the teachers of the law. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, these Sadducees, these people who are teaching all these things about what it means to actually follow God. He says, beware of them. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and have the most important seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. Beware these leaders. He's saying beware, and he's describing some of their behavior because their behavior perhaps is not matching what they're teaching. They're, they're hypocrites. In fact, Jesus will call these people hypocrites at other points. These religious leaders, they're supposed to be the spiritual leaders walking closest with God, and yet what they really care about is looking good in front of others. Do you see that? They're flowing robes. These robes would have told everyone that they are the rabbis, the religious leaders. They would have had tassels on the end of their garments, and they had different colored tassels, and they were different lengths, and they had even some scripture written on their tassels because they wanted to look good and everyone to know that they were upright and close to God. They cared more about how they looked than being close to God. And this is a big problem, and Jesus is just calling them out. Can you imagine that, man? Jesus just calls these guys out. And this is important because a lot of us really care what we look like in front of others. we got to get that Instagram photo just right. The right angle, the right lighting. Post that. Okay, oh, let's try that again. Takes on average, I think it's something like five minutes for one photo to get posted on Instagram. Some of you are like, just five? It took me 35 to get that angle right. Well, let's try that outside over here, right? Don't we do this because we want to look good in front of others. We care about the clothes we wear. we got to get the designer stuff we got to wear, maybe even now, like the champion sweatshirts. Okay, I, I don't know why that's in right now, right? Sam's like, yeah, <laughs> why that's in again? Like, that was 90s, wasn't it? Okay, it's coming back. It's coming back, my childhood. 
But, but yeah, now it costs, how much does that cost, right? And it's insane, and you look at it, but you're like, well, i got to keep up with the Joneses. i got to look good. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you're just about getting respect, getting clothes, getting uh, the, the, you know, all these people to look at you and say, wow, I want to be like you, if that's what you're about, you're missing out. You're missing out. And, I mean, if you haven't noticed, I don't wear robes. <laughs> you notice that? At my first church, I was like, I'm not wearing robes. But they were like, for baptisms, we wear robes. And I was like, okay, I did it for one baptism. I'm like, that's the last time. I will never wear a robe again. Sorry, guys. I'm just, I'm not into the robes. I'm not into the collar thing. And, and it's for some of this stuff. Like, I don't need to say that, look, I'm the religious leader. Okay? And we've got to realize that, hey, we can't set ourselves above other people by the clothes we wear. About getting. And even it says, by greeted with respect in the marketplaces. This is about titles. You greet people by letting them know who they are. You say their title, their sir, madam, their, their CEO, vice president, president of the company. I, and it feels good to get a title, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel good? Okay, I, I teach as an adjunct over at Denver Seminary uh, as a professor. And, and, and I taught last year one class, and I was still working on my doctorate, and I finished it. But, but I'm teaching another class right now. And last week I had a student turn in their first paper, and it said, Dr. Matt Wolf on it. <laughs> And it felt good. It felt good to see that in print, right? I was like, yeah, that's right. And it feels good. That's what Jesus is calling out. Are you just doing it to get that feeling like I want to feel good in front of others as they respect me because of my title? I think that one farmer was right when he said that the, that the letters before your name and after your name are like the tail on a pig. Tells you nothing about how good the bacon is. Right? Right? Who cares about the letters? Who cares about the titles? And yet, for some reason, we care so much. And Jesus is saying, hey, it's not about getting accolades. It's not about getting titles and respect from other people. It's about giving. Because giving is greater than getting. It, it even says in verse 47, this is why it's a real problem. Look at verse 47 with me. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. This is Jesus stepping up as a prophet. He's preaching here. Judgment. Because what they're doing, and we don't know exactly what was happening with widows' houses, but widows, they're, they're the poorest of the poor in ancient Israel. They had nothing. There was no safety net. There was no food bank that they could go to. They had next to nothing, and they couldn't work. They couldn't earn money. And probably... The religious leaders would say, hey, we'll take care of you. We'll take your house. We'll take your property and make sure we manage it well. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. What you're actually doing is devouring them. You are exploiting the poorest of the poor. The needy, those who are desperate, you're taking advantage of them. While at the same time, you're taking for yourself. This is one of the biggest problems when your mindset is getting and always getting. Because it means other people don't get. They don't even have what they need when we're so focused on ourselves. And Jesus is trying to flip this mindset around. He wants us to see that giving is greater than getting. If you're only about accumulating for yourself, it will mean that other people get hurt in the process. Other people will have less. I spoke with a business leader this week, um, somebody in our church, and I was talking with them. They have you know, a couple hundred employees that, that they oversee. And I'm like, that, that's a huge responsibility. And I said, you are just as much a pastor to them as I am to this church. When you have people that are your employees, that people that report to you, 
that are in your charge, you're their shepherd to care for them, to make sure that they're provided for. It doesn't mean you just let people like get away with not doing their work. Okay, that's not what I'm saying here. But it does mean we have to think about these people. And some of you are like, well, I'm, I'm not a boss, but every single one of us has people in our lives that we know that are desperate, that are in need. Maybe a widow, maybe a homeless person, maybe a refugee, someone in need. It might be your Uber driver, right? Your waitress who's pregnant and single. Are, are we taking care of these people who are in need or are we just thinking about how can I get more for myself? See, giving is greater than getting. And Jesus is like, look at these religious leaders. They should be the ones leading the way, being the example for others. And they're exploiting those that they should be taking care of. Don't be like them, Jesus is saying. That's, that's the ugly example. Don't be like them. Be people who give, who are generous, who provide for those in need. And I think we all need to have that mindset because we don't want to face the punishment that Jesus is talking about. I want to receive the reward. I want to receive the reward. Now, I mentioned about refugees. If you, if you noticed up here, did you see this piece of art right here? Did you see this piece of art up here? Who was here for uh, worship night on Friday? Yeah. Okay, that was awesome, right? It was amazing. If you miss it, man, you missed out. You missed out. It was some passionate worship, wasn't it? It was passionate worship. And we really, it was, it was such a cool night to gather together. But in addition to the band and our musicians and our, our, our mu musical artists giving everything on Friday night, we had a visual artist in our church, Ramon Bania, and he came and he painted some artwork here. And I think this is really cool because not only did he do this, because doing art is part of worship too, right? This visual worship. And he, he not only did this, but we are, are giving this away in an auction, okay? And every dollar that goes on this auction for what this painting goes for is going to go to help a refugee family, a family in need here in our community that we're helping. I think it's a refugee family from Afghanistan. Is that correct? Man, there's, there's some needs in our community. They're coming right here. They need some help. We can help them. And that's why even like with the worship night, we like, we want it to be outreach oriented. We want to help those who are in need. It's not just about getting, it's about giving. So you can go right now. It's live till almost midnight tonight. Um, uh, risedenver.com slash art. And you can bid on this. Ramon even kind of gave a description of the scripture he based this art off of. Um, and Ramon has some incredible artwork up around town. So you, you're going to want to bid on that, right? And how good are you going to feel like not just having that up on your wall, but like, yeah, this went to a good cause. Okay? That's a way that you can help a refugee family. But I want you guys to know that we at this church really take what Jesus is saying seriously to help those who are in need. We have something called the Benevolence Fund here. And the Benevolence Fund, when people give to the Benevolence Fund, every dollar that comes in goes out, 100%. On your normal giving, something like 10% or somewhere around there goes out. Uh, anyways, to missionaries, to church planters, to organizations that, that help others, we, we, get, we give our tithe, right? We do that. But with the Benevolence Fund, every dollar comes in, goes out to help somebody in need. And we gave away a ton in 2021. We gave almost $20,000 away through this. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. And we don't just give people cash. We, like, make sure it's a good need, you know, like a real need, and we try to help them, you know, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, gas in their car or helping with rent or just food so that person can survive for the day. We gave almost $20,000. But here's the coolest thing, okay? We're not even two months in to 2022. We've given almost $10,000 away this year. Yeah. And there's been some big needs, and we've been able to help some big needs. And that I'm like, wow, in two months... <laughs> We're almost half of what we gave in all of last year. 
Um, Because of your generosity, and we as a church can be generous to those in need. We want to take care of the widows, the orphans, the the people who are struggling to get by, the single moms, people who, who are out of work. We want to be able to do that, and we do that as a church. Because giving is greater than getting. And I want to say this. We are going to be talking about giving again today to our church. But if you're here and you have a financial need, not only do we have the Benevolence Fund, but we even have this, like, this black basket in the back. We haven't done this before. We have a black basket in the back with cash in it. If you have a need today, just go take some cash. No questions asked. We're going to do that. And, and some of you are like, well, I have some extra cash. If you have extra cash, put it in there. Anything left over is going to go into our benevolence fund. We just want to help you out. If you have a bigger need, come talk to us, and we'll try to help you beyond that. But we just want to be a church that's generous. We see that there are people in need. It's not about making our castles longer, right? It, it's not. It's about helping those who are in need. Because that's what Jesus says we have to do. Because giving is greater than getting. Giving is greater than getting. So Jesus starts out with this real negative example, doesn't he? Like, look at these Pharisees. Don't be like them. Don't be like them. But then he turns to a very, very positive example at the beginning of chapter 21. And I want you guys to see this. Because he's saying, that's ugly. This is beautiful. Look at this. Verse 1. It says, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. They're giving their tithes. There's probably some kind of baskets, these like fancy ornate baskets that people would drop their tithe in when they went to the temple. But in verse 2 it says, he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. I have a picture of these coins. It's called a lepton. And it was like one-twelfth of like a penny. It's like nothing. You can't live on this. this. I think like a normal worker's pay, this would be like four to six minutes of work. What you get. So I don't even know what the equivalent would be. $15 an hour? Give me some, somebody do the math for me on that one. Somebody's going to shout it out in a minute. Okay. But it's not much, right? You can't buy much on this. But she puts those two little copper coins in. After all these rich people are giving enormous gifts. Verse 3. Jesus says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. And really, if you translate that Greek, it's not just more than all the others. It's more than all the others combined. They put in a lot, but she put in more than all of them combined. Verse 4, he says, all these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. She is the example of generosity. Now, I was trying to think, like, what would be similar today? Because this is the temple. This is on Passover. So all the big wigs in, all, in town, all the big wigs of the whole country are there in Jerusalem at the temple. Everybody's there. The rich, the religious leaders. This would be like Joel Osteen's up here. You got T.D. Jakes, the bishop, right? You got Andy Stanley. They're all there in the temple. And then you see Warren Buffett, Bill and Melinda Gates. And you're like, wow, that's some powerhouse rich people, right? And Jesus looks at all of them. And then he finds this no-name widow. She is the example. She gave more than all of them combined. Wow. That's not how we do it in our country, is it? That's not how we do it. I remember back in 2015, you might remember this, there was a billionaire hedge fund manager that gave $400 million to Harvard. Biggest gift to Harvard ever. Everybody's celebrating. It's all over the news. Look at this guy. He's made a name for himself. We've got to write up all these things about him. But I remember it because Malcolm Gladwell got on Twitter and he was mad. He's like, oh no, 
the richest school in human history is down to their last $30 billion. What can we do? And he really went after this guy. And I was like, whoa. He had like 10 tweets about this hedge fund manager. He said, why are you giving you know, this $400 million to an organization that has zero need for the rest of time when there are people who are in need? Just because you give a big gift doesn't mean you're generous. It doesn't. Jesus is giving the example of this poor widow giving two little pennies. She's who we should be like. Like that widow I talked about in Ukraine who put out that incredible spread, so generous to offer that food to us, to teenagers that didn't appreciate it like we should have, right? But the generosity of that heart. That's why here at this church, we've celebrated some people like Chase last week, the 10-year-old who gave a $20 bill. That impresses me. I talked about Alice in my church in Nebraska who brought in that $5 bill every week up to the age of 97 when she died. That's generous. Or like my nephews who watch every week in Grand Junction, they sent me their, um, some of their lawn mowing money tithe last year. Man, that's generous. Puts the rest of us to shame, doesn't it? I want to be like that. I want to be generous because giving is greater than getting. Giving is greater than getting. She gave out of her poverty. See, a lot of us say, hey, I'll give once I'm rich. Don't we say that? Once I have a lot, then it'll be easier. I had a friend once, we were talking about giving, and, and he's like, yeah, a lot of people talk about giving the t-shirt off your back. Like, I don't want to give the shirt off my back. I'll just make a lot of money, build a t-shirt factory, and give away t-shirts later. That's what we think, right? Later, I could do so much good if I do it later, but that's not true. Because later, you're going to be charging a lot of money for those t-shirts when you're selling them. You're going to be upcharging $85 for a t-shirt that's just white. You seen those for sale? Because when we are in this mindset of getting, 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 we never stop to give. See, giving has to start now right where you are. That widow gave right then, though she had almost nothing. Out of her poverty, she gave all she had to live on, Jesus said. Two pennies. But that is the generosity that God rewards. Giving is greater than getting. See, I really want this for you because at the end of your life, you're not going to be saying, man, why didn't I get that 75th pair of shoes? 74, it just wasn't enough. Do we, are we going to say that kind of stuff? At your funeral, dudes, nobody's going to be like, he was a good guy. He could have been great if he had one more drill. Just one more. He was close, this close. Nobody's going to say that, right? But when you have given and you've been generous in your life, that is something that will be admired by others and even more so admired by God. I never got a chance to meet Melissa's grandpa, Poncho. I wish I could have. But at his funeral, someone shared that she lived in a home because he had been generous to her. To buy a home for someone, that's a generosity that I want to be like. We're not going to say at the end, why didn't I get more? Why didn't I have more stuff? Why didn't I have more clothes? Why didn't I get more accolades? And No, no, it's about what we give that matters. And that's about our hearts. And that's what Jesus is trying to teach us today. Giving is greater than, giving is greater than getting. And, and here's the reality. If you are give, a giver like this, and if you're generous, God will provide. And Frank 
Anne Frank once said, no one has ever become poor by giving. It's just the reality. The generous will prosper, it says in the Proverbs. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. God provides. People respect you. And God will reward you at the end. You will get more blessings. That's what I said. I, I had an acronym last week about giving, that you're supposed to give first to God. You give first. You give income-based that you give regularly, that you give sacrificially, and last one, you give to get blessed. God really wants to bless you, but some of you have been holding on so tight to everything you have that your hands aren't open to receive, to receive the blessings that he has for you. So I want to encourage you to take up this challenge of Jesus, to be like the widow in her generosity, because there's nothing greater than that. Giving is greater than Kidding. We have a video for you right now. Um, so I want to show you this video um, from someone in our church that talks about this concept of giving. So let's watch this video. And some of you have seen it last year, but let's watch this video from Amanda Smith again. Okay. Hi, my name's Amanda Smith. I've been part of Arise Church for 13 years. And the reason I give is that I feel like my worship would really be incomplete without giving. If we love someone, we just naturally give, and it just kind of makes that relationship complete, and that's how I feel with um, my giving and why we give. My husband and I grew up in Christian homes, and so giving was very much a part of the culture that we grew up with. So when we got married, we just naturally started giving, um, but at the same time, we were making a lot of really foolish financial decisions. Um, we hadn't heard about Dave Ramsey yet, and so we were just really living carelessly with our finances, and after about 10 years, that really caught up with us. And we found ourselves in a place where we couldn't afford the necessities of life, and we couldn't afford a place to live. And at this point, we had a one-year-old, and a newborn and so it was very scary and so it was a very scary time and we didn't know what was going to happen and you know we had two kids and it was really humbling and very embarrassing that we couldn't provide for them and um, I was really glad that they were so little they didn't understand what was happening but at that time my in-laws had a um, empty rent house that they let us stay in for free until we could get back on our feet. So we moved across the country and we stayed in this house and we tried to figure things out and during that time I remember having a conversation with my husband about whether or not we would keep giving during this time. Should we? Could we give? And for us we decided yeah we would keep giving and it didn't really make sense logically to do that but we just decided yeah that's part of who we are and so we decided to give. I remember during that time that giving felt really different than any other time in my life because we were giving out of scarcity and I was so excited just to give the tiniest amount. It just brought me so much joy and gratitude that even during this time, um, 
of financial hardship that God would still use me to bless someone else. And I really didn't take that for granted. And during this very discouraging time, giving brought me so much joy and really helped change my perspective of where we were at in life. So during that time, God really showed me that giving is about Him changing and shaping our hearts more than it is the amount we give. The amount we give really isn't important. It's really about God shaping us and changing us, and um, it's part of our worship. That's, that's why I really feel like we give because it completes our worship. It's a big part of that to give back to the Lord. This is why we give. Now is the time to give. Thank for um, sharing with that. Um, so she said a couple things there. Like, isn't that what Jesus said? Like, it's more blessed to give than to receive. There really is more blessings with giving. Giving is greater than, than getting. And also she mentioned Dave Ramsey. Okay, well, I had a couple people ask about this next week. And yes, we are offering Dave Ramsey again. Okay, starting on the thir first Thursday night of April, we're going to be offering Dave Ramsey. Because some of you are like, I would love to give, but Matt, my finances are a huge mess. I have no idea what I'm doing with money. I struggle with debt and all this stuff. That's, we're here to help you with that too. Okay, so take this Dave Ramsey class. You can sign up even right now if you go to risedenver.com slash FPU, Financial Peace University, FPU. So go up and sign up for that. It's going to be worth your time to take that class. We want to encourage you to do that. A couple guys from our financial advisory team are going to be there to help walk you through it and help you with all those situations. We want to help you um, get to where you need to be financially. Um, but, but I do, we're, we're going to talk about this 90-day generosity challenge that we launched last week. We're talking about it this week. Don't worry, next week, we're, it's a different, it's not about money again. I know some of you are like, Whew, okay. But we're talking about generosity again to the church because this widow gave to the temple, right? She gave to God. And that's what we're really doing because it's a huge step of faith to trust God with your money to do that. So, I want uh, three volunteers. I need three volunteers. I need three guys. Dave, you, yes, you're always ready to be one. Jeremy, if I can get you guys. You guys sit in the front row. You get called up. If you guys want to come up here, I need one, one more guy. Desi, you up for it? Yes, Desi. All right, okay, here we go. Can we give these three guys a round of applause? Okay, yeah, I just want you guys to stand right here. So, so guys, if I, yeah, let's scoot a little bit over so everybody can see you in the light. Okay, if I told you guys that I was going away for a while and I was going to come back, but in the meantime, I, I need you guys to help my wife, Melissa, right? I'm going away for a little while, so what I'm going to do is give you guys each $10,000 a month. And all you have to do is give her $1,000 a month. She can live on $3,000 a month, okay? So I'm giving you guys 10. You can keep nine of it, Dave. You can keep nine of it. Jeremy, does that sound good? Okay. Does that sound pretty good? Okay, you can keep nine of it. I just want you to give $1,000 to my wife while I'm gone. Cool? You guys good with that? So if I leave and I start sending the money, and, and, and then I, I come back a few months later, and I'm, I'm asking you guys, so, so how did it go? And, and Desi, you, you gave $1,000 a month to my wife. How am I going to feel? Thank you so much. That's exactly what I asked you. I, I'm so glad. I'm so grateful. Jeremy was like, I think she could use a little more than 1000 so I'm going to give $2,000 to her. I'm just going to keep 8000 for myself. So every month, you just gave 2000 Man, I'm going to be like, wow, that's, that's incredibly generous, Jeremy. And then Dave. Dave gave 800 the first month, 500 the second month, and nothing the third. How do you think I'd feel then? 
You, I mean, I, you could have just had $9,000 a month, but you were like, no, I need a little bit more. How do you think I feel about that? <laughs> well, I can tell you what, I wouldn't be giving you $10,000 a month anymore, would I? I'd be like, I'm going to give it to you guys because I know I can trust you. And I know you have generous hearts. Okay, can we give these guys a round of applause? Thank you guys, and thank you, Dave. <laughs> Dave's always, it was good. Okay, here's the thing. Do you know what Jesus calls his church? His bride. That's right, his bride. It's a very intimate term, isn't it? But that's what Jesus calls the church. His bride. And he left us for a while, entrusting us with money, with things, with stuff. And he said, I'm coming back at the end to see how you're doing. And if you have any question about this, go read the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. That's almost exactly what Jesus teaches. And at the end, that's what's going to happen. There's going to be a reckoning. There's going to be a judging. How did you do with what I've given you? Okay, I'm just asking you to entrust a portion of this, an income base, a tithe to the church. How have you taken care of my bride? I heard a pastor say, say this illustration. I was like, whoa, it cut me to the quick, right? Because it puts in a whole different perspective, doesn't it? And I think that's perspective we need, that God has entrusted so much to us. And he's just like, I want you to be generous. I want you to have a heart of generosity to take care of the church, to take care of those who are in need, and through the church to take care of those in need, because you can't know everybody in need. Yes, to be generous in your own homes and with your own money, but to be generous to Christ's bride, the church. So I really want you to take another moment um, to pray through this 90-day generosity challenge. If you reach under your seats, there's cards. And we actually <laughs> don't have one under every seat, so if you look to the person next to you, because we were expecting 30 cards last week, we had 53 turned in. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, right? And what was really cool is that half of the people that turned in cards last week hadn't given it all this year. So we have some people really stepping up and saying, hey, I'm gonna take this challenge. I'm gonna be a giver. I'm gonna be generous with what God has given me. So I want you to take out those cards. There's a pen underneath your seat too, and you can raise your hand if you need one because I guarantee you someone around you. Or if you're like, hey, you can do it on your phone too. We can do this at arisedenver.com slash challenge, slash challenge, that's what it is. Or if you're online, you can find the link right there. And you can fill out the form just online so you don't need to fill out the card. So this is what I would say to you. If this is your church home, give to your church. It's Christ's bride. If this isn't your church home, give somewhere else. If you're visiting from another church, every week we have people from all over the country visiting us, which is awesome. Give to your home church. They can send me a thank you note later. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't need a thank you note. But I just want you to give generously because God cares about your heart. He wants you to have a generous heart and to be someone with open hands because those are the people that God blesses. This is not about what we want from you, but what we want for you. I want you to know that very clearly. We want you to receive the blessing from God. So I challenge you to give generously. So take a minute right now, fill out that card, and we're gonna collect those cards again. Oh, those of you who already filled one out, awesome, thank you. We're, we're doing a 90 day, so the 90 day challenge is like, for the next 90 days, this is what I'm gonna give. I'm gonna pledge to this. And what I'm gonna do is actually send you some emails throughout the 90 days. And also, when God does bless you, because he will, I wanna hear about it. So send me an email, and we're actually gonna share those anonymously with everybody who's taking this challenge. We're gonna hear about some of the cool things that God is doing in our lives, blessing us sometimes financially, but sometimes in some other ways that you're like, oh, I could have never seen this coming. And I wanna hear about all those stories. That's why we're sending out the email, and that's why on the card it just has name and email. So I wanna take just a minute to do those cards right now. Lord God, put it on our hearts, what we should give, how we should give, the percentage, the number, 
and give us a heart like your heart because you are a generous God and you loved us so much that you gave us your own son, your only son. You gave 100% of your children to us to die on the cross. And for our sake, he became poor so that we might become rich. Lord, put it on our hearts how much we should give right now. If you have one of those cards that's filled out, you can just put it up in the air and we'll have somebody come by and pick it up. Just put it up high in the air. Put it up in the air. Awesome, we got one right down here. Any other cards? We got one here in the back. And if you're online, remember, risedenver.com slash challenge. Just fill out that form right there. Lord God, we're accepting the challenge. And you said the one thing that we're supposed to test you with is with giving. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Lord God, so we're saying, oh, that's good. We're, we're going to give. And we're waiting for you to bless us in this, to change our hearts, to make us joyful, and to let us see how much of an impact we can have in, in, in those who need, in our church, in our community. Lord God, make our hearts more and more generous. As some of us are maybe giving, feeling reluctant right now, just give us a cheerful heart to know that what we're doing makes a difference as we give financially. And Lord God, um, right now we're going to say with our hearts, with our whole hearts, you can have it all as we praise your name. Amen. Would you please stand as Sam and the band leads us? You can have it all. <laughs>